All right, welcome in episode 123 of the Hawk Reds podcast. I'm Travis Shadon. With me, as always, Spencer Maddox. We're going to get started talking Braves, talking space, a little telescope action, and the British Open, among some other things. But first, Coach's Corner, the number one sports bar in Savannah and our title sponsor here on HGP. Check them out online, www.coaches.net, 3016 East Victory Drive, or call ahead your order for those daily lunch specials at 912-352-2933. Uh, great place to watch the Braves this summer. Great pay- place to get cold beers and hot wings. Tell owner John Henderson that we sent you and they will hook it up on that bill for you. Also, check out the other shows on the Coach's Corner Sports Network. That's Rubbin' and Grubbin' with Brandon Bain, talking NASCAR on Wednesday nights. The Atlanta man, Brandon Bain, he's also going to be in the uh, Coach's Corner golf match, charity match too. Breaking news on that. So listen to him on YouTube or the Coach's Corner Facebook page on Wednesday nights. Also, Carl Damasi on Wednesday nights and Saturday mornings. Talking all things local sports. Good interviews on that show as well. And then the Who is on First Base Baseball podcast with Kyle Lawson and our guy Carl. Check out all those shows on the Coach's Corner Sports Network. And hit up Coach's Corner this summer for all of your sports needs. 3016 East Victory Drive. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Check them out and tell them we sent you. All right, let's get after it. 123rd time, Hot Grits Podcast. Ain't nobody gonna this your boy I've always kind of believed in aliens. I don't know if I believe in flying saucers. Ain't nobody gonna rip like you might as well just walk up to Cupid while he's on his lunch break, you know, crank it here or something. Yeah, I'm right in the face. Punch the little baby right in. We'll see that. We're almost uh, three minutes into our sports podcast and yet to bring up not one sport. Roll out, Come on, You over there. You over there. All right, back for episode 123 in studio with Spencer Maddox. Uh, Spencer, July 12th, we're recording. July 13th, this episode has come out. Space is on everybody's mind. A lot of telescope talk. What's your take on the latest pictures from the James Webb, the Jimmy Webb telescope? Uh, It was crazy, man. And uh, I think another one came out, like the Voyager took a picture of Earth, and Earth was like so tiny. I don't know if that was from recently or if that was like, that literally could have been 20 years ago. I no, it was. Okay. But they, they were like comparing it. Okay. That that was, yeah, That I thought that was cool too. I'd never seen that. Um, a lot of space talk. You're a big space guy, right? I just, space is cooler than the ocean. Right. But you agree with me on that. Oh, yeah. And I, I find mean, that most people agree with me on that. Uh, it's also like, what's scarier? That, I, 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 obviously, mm. the space is more interesting than the ocean. But what's scarier than the, like the ocean or space? Because there's a lot of creatures in the ocean. But... Right. It's a different a kind of, of empty scary. space. You know what I mean? It's a different kind of scary. One, like the ocean is super scary. Sharks, scary. Jaws, scary. Agreed. That's like a physical jellyfish. You don't want to have to get peed on. That's scary in that way. But but space is like just crazy to think yeah. about how insignificant we are when you look at those photos. But then also... There's a part of me that doesn't understand any of it, and I think that they could be making up all these photos, and I would have no idea. Tinfoil hat trap. None of us would, would have any yeah. idea if they were fake. I know, but, I mean, do you believe in 9-11? Do you think the government did that? Like, <laughs> You know no. what I mean? Like, how far down? I'm down with conspiracy theories, but it's like, where do you stop? No, no, no. You know what I mean? That's, my, that's okay. always my thing. I see what so you're saying, like, but, but 
All right, let me rephrase it. I think that everyone is acting amazed by these photos. And I think I was legitimately amazed by them at first. But then I started looking at them and I was like, I don't know what I'm looking at. And I'm convinced that even the scientists don't actually know what they're looking at. And so it can be as cool as you want, but if you don't understand it and you don't, and you're not like a rocket scientist, you wouldn't understand it. Then it's really not that cool. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. It's a picture of like, it's a shit ton of galaxies and stuff, dude. Okay. That's... Let me ask you this. If there was a live video, a Facebook live event tomorrow, right? Of, can I wrap my head around it? No. Is it cool to look at? Yes. Okay, sure. Would it be cooler to see a man bouncing around the moon again, like an American guy, just a bro, on the moon tomorrow on a Facebook live feed? Than that? As opposed to still shots of the deep universe. Yeah, of course it would. We should go back to the moon. I think it's like much, much, much more expensive. And to, also like... To go to the moon or do We've already telescope? done that, dude. We've already... The moon. Mm, allegedly we did that. Allegedly, we landed on the moon. Okay, here we go. So you do want to talk conspiracy theories. Why wouldn't we go back for like 50 years? We haven't gone back. We haven't even mastered the moon yet. And we're tw- we haven't been to Mars. And now we're just like, we don't know if Pluto's a planet. I mean, do we really know? Have you looked up when the last time we've been to the moon? No, because we could, we could sound really ignorant oh, right okay, now. Okay, yeah, good like, point. Well, yeah. there's, I think, yeah, okay. When was the last time we went to the moon? Yes. And I'm just going to type in the word we. We. Any, any human. Doesn't, have to, doesn't matter if it's China, Russia, or us. <laughs> when I type in when was the last time, you should see some of these things that, that pop up. <laughs> uh, December 1972. That was the last manned mission to the moon. Apollo 17. Okay, so they figured it out. Like They, they got there and they were like, okay, this is the moon. That's it. it That's broke, all we need to know. <laughs> it broke many records. It was a 12-day mission. And it was the longest spacewalk, the longest lunar landing, and the, and the largest lunar samples brought back to Earth. Now, think about how many things that we've advanced on since December of 1972. Right. Okay. So what do you, what do you want them to go back and find at the moon, though? It's no, not... I want them to go back to the moon and put a hotel there, a couple bars and restaurants. Let's, let's dominate the moon, figure out how we can get to the moon and stay there. A couple bars and restaurants. Let's... There's like six people that can afford to go to the moon on Earth. Let's dude. make it cheap. Let's make it like a cross-country flight. How? I don't know. Do That's not for that? me to decide. That's <laughs> well, not for me to decide. Okay. Well, once you figure that out, let me know because I'll join that business plan, all right? Like, okay. They've been trying to figure out this like inner uh, world travel and even like, even like Floyd Mayweather, like people like that level of wealth cannot Money. afford to join. Like, not yet. Yeah. You know just, what we could afford? Just keeping someone do? alive in space is like crazy expensive, dude. But continue. Oh yeah, like keeping. You mean like just keeping astronauts alive? Yeah. Like with food and like all that kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not and, even just like the initial like thrust off of the the Earth, which is just mind-bogglingly expensive. It's like all the other stuff is just ridiculously expensive as well. Wow. Listen to this, dude. In 2015, NASA Administrator Jim Bridenstine said that the ambitious goal to go back to the moon right. is going to require quite a lot of federal cash, federal spending, something that's historically been a political sticking point in Washington. In other words, like you don't want to be the president who's spending more money to go to the moon than to protect your yeah. country. 
So he said, quote, if it wasn't for the political risk, we would be on the moon right now. In fact, we would probably be on Mars. It was the political risk that prevented it from happening. The program took too long and cost far too much money. So there you go. I'm actually down that's with why. all kinds of like space travel. Like I feel like that's the next frontier. Like We got to beat China and Russia to putting an outpost on the yeah. moon. You know what I mean? But not yeah. for not for a ball, bar and restaurant. Okay. That would be sick. Hand up. But I'd like to retract that statement. Yeah. But that is what we need. You're right. We need another country to start prioritizing like Russia would be ideal. Yeah. No xenophobia here, dog. If no Russia, z- if Putin invaded the moon. Yeah. I'm scared. We would go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We would go back. Oh, yeah. We'd be there oh, tomorrow. We'd, no, we'd strike it. Yeah. We'd strike, yeah. Ukraine would probably be pumped. Yeah. If Russia went to the moon. Yeah. I mean, we'd have to do something, right? Yeah. Space talk. This has become a war podcast. Yeah. I'm into that, dude. Do you know the thing on the moon, though, like about the moon landing? It's the flag, like the shadow of the flag is facing the wrong way in those pictures. Dude, miss me with that. Miss me with that. Miss me with that. Whole conversation. It's not that one. That one. I do a sports podcast because I want to talk about sports. If I wanted to do a conspiracy podcast, honestly, you'd be like my fifth or sixth choice even though you're good at podcasts if right? i had time to convince you i would be able to convince you i'm sure I'm you sure. thought orlando arceo was good i so you can be wrong my, some part of my... <laughs> okay okay you're right i'm not infallible things yeah say that somebody has to remind me that every now and then i'm gonna kick your ass in this top four draft Max Freed lost a baseball game last night i'm not used to saying that yeah max scherzer's super good yep. at pitching the baseball uh, there yep. were like 40 billion fans in the stands last night. That, yeah, that place was, was electric. And Scherzer just, God, dude, he was fucking Monday. You know what I was doing though? I was watching the game with my old man, and he was flipping back and forth between the Bravos and uh, Shark Week, National Geographic. Yeah, and we would we would be on the Shark Channel for maybe five minutes, real time five minutes, and we'd flip back, and Scherzer already had two outs, and the third out was like 0-1 count. That's how quick it was. It yeah. was just like every, and then Freed was, he battled his dick off, but he didn't have it, man. Five, yeah. I think five walks, two four pitch walks. He got behind like ten of See, the first twelve batters. You came in and said, "Okay," like right before the podcast, you were like, "Man, it was just a reminder that Freed's like not quite on that level." And I, I think I disagree. I first off, I don't think he's as good as Max Scherzer, and I don't think we thought that before. No. So, but I do true. think he's on like the same tier. Like, I don't think he, I don't think it's like Max Scherzer, whoever else, and then Max Freed. Right. You know what I mean? I think he's Max Freed is still up there. It's just, I mean, we've seen Scherzer have outings like that before against the Braves. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we, of, where he comes of in late, and gets shelled. of late, the Braves had his number, but I don't really in pro sports. I don't really buy into that. If it comes from a different, like, if a guy's like historically bad against the Rockies. Or that's a bad example against yeah. the Diamondbacks. It's like, well, the Diamondbacks are different. Every it's a pro team. Yeah, it's not like they have like. Which, to me, Max's start last night, I wasn't like shook because it wasn't like he was getting shelled. You know what I mean? And the the velocity was there. He was like regularly hitting ninety six. I think he, I even saw ninety seven a couple times. Yeah. Um, he was just missing like everything. It, he was walk walk walk. I think he had like six or seven balls in a row at one point yeah and, the, and they it would miss high and out yeah low and in so you can out, tell like, he just like didn't quite have yeah. it yesterday and then poor peter moylan on the broadcast was just he didn't know what to do he wanted every call 
Yeah. I can't, it was just like that. That double play call was a bad call, though. He was out. Do you think I'm he pretty, was out? I think so. Yeah. That was the biggest play of the game for sure. Yeah. I don't know, man. It was so bang bang. It's just like one of those plays where they're gonna remind you a hundred times. Has to be clear and convincing. I'm, I'm pretty sure he was out. I, when I saw it live, I thought he was out. And then when I saw the replay, I, first off, I thought it was a bad call on the field. I thought they should have called him out on the field. Like, okay. I don't. I, maybe, In the moment, you mean? Uh, yeah. Okay. But uh, when it, it looked a lot closer in replay than what I saw live. Yes. So, fair. But it looked like the ball hit the leather before his foot went down. And that's like pretty much the letter of the law. Yeah. Like, you know it's close when like all the players on the field, like nobody has. Like if the Braves knew it was going to be an out, those players would have already been walking off the field. Yeah. And the Mets guy. But they were all out there, but. Not like it was nobody knew what the call was going to be, but yeah, that was by far the biggest play of the game. Crazy, I can't believe Swanson. And see, that's made another it that close. That's, that's another thing, dude. Like, Freak could have got out of that. He oh, legitimately the inning would have been over. Yeah, he legitimately mm-hmm. could have only given what, what so that, was that his first run? No, that made it two nothing. Yeah, it, if he would, if that call would have been made, it, he would have gotten out of it one nothing. Crazy and gone on to the next inning, but yeah. Um, I mean, his pitch count got up quick, though. They would have had to go to the bullpen. Yeah. But then we probably wouldn't have seen guys like Lee, uh, what's his other name, uh, Jackson or Steven. Oh, fu- and Stevens. fucking Darren O'Day. Yeah. That was troublesome. That's that's the other thing we talked. It seemed like Scherzer, or not Scherzer, uh, what's our manager's name? Brian Snicker. Don't always like him. Brian, Brian Snicker. Snicker. Thank you. Seemed point, like he, point five hot seat right now. Seemed like he gave up on the game. They were only down by two runs. A certain I, point. Yeah, I didn't understand, and I guess we don't want to spend too much time breaking down because. No, but I mean, it, it did. I didn't understand tonight. the lefty righty again. They have lefty righty lefty coming up in the eighth, I think, or in the seventh. Yeah. And Snicker, Dylan Lee's on the mound the inning before. Snicker decides to bring in Darren O'Day a righty to face lefty righty lefty, and if you don't care about righty lefty, that's fine. But to do the exact opposite, almost. Like, it seems like every time, it's not like they have a plethora of right-handed relievers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you could have gone to another lefty if you don't want to keep Dylan Lee in there. Oh, well, at least the Braves got Edwin Diaz in the game. That was his third night pitching in a row, so I don't expect him Tuesday night and Wednesday night. And also, don't you, I think you agree with this, if the Braves were going to win two out of three in the series, it would come Tuesday and Wednesday. You obviously wouldn't peg the game against Max Scherzer as a... Yeah, that's I thought, like I said, on the recording that no one will ever hear from yesterday. Oh yeah, I just realized I can't reference that. Uh, <laughs> we recorded on Monday. Uh, it was like a brutal storm in Savannah on Monday. We lost everything. Yeah. How, how many Com- minutes was computer it? Computer crashed. Was it, it was, the entire it was episode? The entire episode, an hour's worth of recording. The computer crashed. Everything gone. Devastating. Just terrible. No auto saves. Can't find in the recycle bin. Gone. That could happen to this, really. No, it couldn't. New okay. computer, different computer, different program. Knock on wood. Knock on wood, yeah. Uh, no, we're good. Uh, but, yeah, I thought game one was going to be the most important game. I thought if they won that, Braves would have a legitimate chance at a sweep. Right. So, seeing – Well, obviously, I, I guess if, if they win game one, they would I guess if you're a snicker, you, you sit back and you're like, okay, I got Strider coming up tomorrow. I got uh, – who is it? Is it uh, Chuck? Is it yeah. Chuck game three? Yeah. Okay, so I got Chuck coming up game three. Got to feel good about our chances to win. We're probably favored in both of those. Let's give our relievers a day off, like our studs a day off. And, like, if we make something happen, we make something happen. Right. I guess. Lame, though. Lame. It felt like the game was still in reach. I thought so. Well. Especially after Riley hit one out. 
I think the opposite. The game was in reach. It felt like it was 10 nothing, to me. Really? That's how good Scherzer was, man. Yeah, but I mean... And then Edwin Diaz on the back end, he is nuts. That that eighth inning, that eighth inning, yeah. I felt like they could have made something. They had a chance against Ottavino, and then I think yeah. it was, what, was it Dansby, like, first pitch? Yeah, first pitch, like, little dribbler. Shortstop, yeah. yeah. Um, Tough. Robinson Cano last night, first game with the Braves, went two for three. The rest of the... <laughs> The rest of the Braves went three for 29. Yeah. Thoughts? <laughs> well, there's so much to unpack, dude. First off, the Mets paying him just so much money yeah. in his age 40 season, which is so good, dude. Braves he make, paying him a dollar. Yeah. it makes He makes up, like, what percentage of their total payroll for this year? Like, Oh, the Mets? Yeah. Is it Who 10, knows? Is it fucking 10%? Is yeah. I mean, 5%? if it's $24 million, they probably have uh, they probably have... 180 oh on the books. Oh, my God, dude. Jesus so funny. Christ. Yeah, that's tough. All it's, right. a, it's a no-risk thing with Cano, though. Let's talk about it for a second. RC is playing Tuesday night against the lefty. I think that's going to happen there until Albies comes back. Right. And a note on Albies, I think the expected date should now be September 1st. Really? From things that I've read and heard. like Is your sources telling you this? No. No. Insider sources? Nope, not you insider. You got be rolling on the phone? These are very outside sources. These are very publicly available Let's get sources. Brad on the phone immediately. Uh, I think September 1st is the more likely date for him now. Uh, so, in the meantime, if Cano can play against righties, Arcia plays at second base against lefties, and then Arcia plays, starts another game each week somewhere else, because you can use him in that role now that you have Cano. Yeah. Gosling gets DFA'd. He's not getting claimed off waivers. So he'll go back to AAA. If anything happens with Cano, you bring back Gosselin and you're back where you started and you paid him a dollar. So there's absolutely no risk. He also brings a little bit of like, I don't know if I want to become this guy, but there is the clubhouse presence. I mean, nobody's been in bigger moments and bigger markets than Robinson Cano. Yeah, he's I mean, also, he was a $100 million man for the He's Yankees. also an, an adult. Like mm-hmm. a, a lot of these guys, like think of the veteran presence in that dugout. Is it Ozuna? Like, you, mean, you mean, like, the well, like real... Cano's, Cano's not going to step in and be... I know, but, like, who's, like, the most mature person in that dugout? Good hmm. Lord. I hope it's not Marcelo Zuna. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, so... The thing is that Marcelo Zuna is that's not, probably the leader of the non-English speakers in that clubhouse. It seems that way. Yeah. So, I Dansby? mean... It might not be a bad thing to have someone who's been there, done that, and, like, is just happy to be here. And he's widely respected among in the league because he used to be that guy. You know what I mean? He used He's to be respected a, for that kind of thing. The two-time steroid abuser is That is tough. Tough, and that's going to definitely prevent him from being in the Hall of Fame. Otherwise, he'd be a first ballot. Well, you did say he was going to be in the Hall of Fame no, on, on the on the He's a Hall of re- Famer. Okay. By by stats alone. But he won't get in. Yeah. Like Barry Bonds is a Hall of Fame. There's he's yeah, not getting in. Like Bartolo Colon. <laughs> no. Not like Bartolo Colon. Dude, Bartolo Colon should be in the Hall of Fame. You're going to have to Look let him up. go. Look it up. Look it up. Remember he's a French Hall of Famer. Remember that homer he hit you know in San Diego that yes, one time? Yes, you know he's got better stats than a lot of people who are already in the Hall of Fame. Like, more wins, more strikeouts than a lot of pitchers that are already in the Hall of Fame. No. And he did it in the steroid era. And his name is Bartolo Colon, dude. And he looks like that. Like, let's get this guy in. Tell me, the, don't you have a stat about him with Andy Pettit? Yeah, he, out of all the pitchers born, I think it was born in the 70s. All the pitchers that were born in the 70s, 
He has the most wins, second to only Andy Pettit. There's your baseball guy stat of the day. <laughs> stat of the day, stat of the day. Um, How good is that? All right, Braves, 52-36. and 36. They have a 97.1% chance playoffs, 9.6% chance World Series. And can I tell you something? Yeah. Yesterday, before the Mets game, on Monday before the Mets game, they had a 9.1% chance World Series. It went up by 0.5% when they lost to the Mets, Strange. and that's because of the Robinson Cano. It's got to be, right? It's got to be. That's the only thing that makes sense. Robinson Cano comes back and has like a what? Was it two for three night or two for four? Two for three. Two for um, three. The rest of the Braves went three for 29. No big deal. But maybe more so than the acquisition of Robinson Cano, it's the demotion of Big Phil Goslin and Orlando Arcia. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe, maybe. I'm still on the maybe, baby. I'm still on the Arcia train, dude. I, I, I believe in him. I'm a believer. Um all right, well I want to talk about the Drew Waters trade and then the All Star game and and we'll move on. But first, I think it should be noted a reminder no matter what happens Tuesday and Wednesday against the Mets. The Mets were ten point five games up in the NL East on June first. They were ten and a half games up. So no matter what happens these next two nights, know that the Braves are back in position after being ten and a half games out forty days ago. So Damn, you kinda sound like me yesterday, that, huh? I just want to say that like You kinda sound like me yesterday on the on we the can't recording. Keep, we can't keep referencing the recording right. that no well, one over here. It's like the top is, four cups. I did say I did say yesterday that the Braves are playing with basically nothing to lose here. Like you know what I mean? If they win these next two games, it's basically even Stevens going in. You know what I mean? And then you get four with the Nationals. And then you Nationals. get four with the Nats. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which they're almost certainly going to win that series. I mean, knock on wood, but you would imagine they'd win that series. Yeah, you would even hope that you would, they would take three or four. Yes. Well, the that Nationals would be, that would be winning that season. True, true point. Series. Good point. If they split, that would be what? Two? Two to two? Yeah. Four games? Math guy. The Prep Sports Report has been delivering local sports news one way or another for 20 plus years. Where can you find stories and information about the most outstanding student athletes in the Savannah area? PrepSportsReport.com. That's where. Led by our guy Carl DeMossi and former area sports reporter Stephen Weeks, the Prep Sports Report is a reimagined website that wants to celebrate young men and women who are setting the high school sports standard in Savannah and surrounding areas. Go check out PrepSportsReport.com today. Go like Prep Sports Report on Facebook and follow them on Twitter at PrepSAV. PrepSportsReport.com, your number one source for local Savannah High School sports news. Uh, they traded Drew Waters for a first-round pick, a compensatory pick. That's not how you pronounce that word. Yeah. But I think it's 35th overall, $10.5 million slot bonus. Not a terrible value. Um, not, not what bad, you want. Yeah, yeah I mean— you would you would like to send a prospect like that in a trade for like a player that's actually going to help you, but I mean, there's not that many holes on the roster other than right-handed reliever, what we've talked about. So I mean, yeah, I'm cool with it, and I think that it is a reminder that like things change so fast in in this game because think about three years ago the way we viewed, or even not even that long ago, think about when we started this podcast the way we viewed. Christian Pache and Drew Waters. Yeah, we knew like, we knew Mike Harris, but they're like crown jewels, dude. right? Yeah, 
Like and almost, now, almost untouchable. Christian Passe was almost untouchable. Right. Remember that? And then Shea Langoliers, I think... What a name. Most people were liking him behind the dish as the long-term Braves catcher over Contreras. Yeah. Because we had that tiny little sample size of Contreras, and he was, eh. Now he's an all-star. Now Michael Harris is legitimately in contention for rookie of the year. Uh, and Drew Waters gets dealt for a draft pick. Christian Pache is not even playing in Oakland. Wild. So What's who, crazy is the Braves have two all-star catchers. Yeah, which I, I... Is that... I would have to think it's the first time ever. Yeah, I was about to ask, how often does that happen? It can't happen, like... So the only way it could have happened before... It hasn't happened in the last couple of years. We know that. And the DH hasn't been in the National League except for this year and 2020 COVID. I'm going to say Buster Posey had a really good backup one year. Like, maybe... But, but you can't go to the All-Star game. You yeah. can't, yeah, you can't because that guy would have only played, like, 30 games. So it's weird Whoa. to think that the, that now the Braves go from catcher being a legitimate, like, eh, for the future. Like, you're not sure what's there after Darno. Now you have two of the – you have the two – and they're both starting? They're both starters in the All-Star game, which is wild. Crazy. Or I guess no. They're not. Darno's not starting. I don't know. I don't have it pulled up in front of me. No, I don't think he is. I think Acuna's the only starter. Um, but that is like, so now the Braves' best, the Braves' best non-major leaguer that they could send in a, in a deal at the deadline. I have a guy in mind. Is there anyone that pops up now that's in your head that's like good enough to where Braves fans know who he is already? Not, that you would not immediately, no. I would think Kyle Muller is the last one. Oh, yeah, yeah. And even he has, like, I don't know how much you'd get back for him, you know? So it's Still a starter. Interesting I mean, to think about, like, what they have available to trade. How many big league innings do you, does he have, do you know? Muller? Yeah. No, I don't know. I would guess somewhere between, like, probably 50, 50 and 90, something like you that. You could get a reliever for him, like a, yeah. like a good reliever on a bad team for him. Yeah. Yeah, and I would think they just – doesn't it seem like they're one reliever away from being like oh, think, real good? Like so, Kinley's coming back tonight, yeah, or Wednesday. I think he's off the IL tonight and then back in the bullpen tomorrow. Doesn't make sense to me, but if you assume Kirby Yates comes back and he's like a worthy righty, maybe not late inning, but he's like a righty that you can use, yeah, a little better than Chavez, then I think you would still be one guy away. Yeah, they need to replace Luke Jackson from last year. Like they need. Yeah, one more dude, especially if Strider is going to be pitching in the rotation. Right, I would think Which they I'm would still, have to make I'm that still, decision first. I'm still not sold that they're going to do that. Like, I I just don't believe it. Even though he's been this good, with the way Chuck Morton's pitching, way uh, Wright's pitching. I mean, if Ian Anderson shows you anything, you're not sure that they're going to do what keep do anything. Stry- keep Strider as a starter. Like I. Yeah, it, it. A lot of people are assuming it's like a done deal, but I really feel like in the playoffs, it is such a weapon to run out that hundred mile an hour, like get you out of an inning when you're, you know, not even yeah. in a jam, but like, say you're up one run in the sixth inning, dude, against the Dodgers. Who, who else would you rather have there than Spencer Strider? Like theoretically, Strider could get you from. For you could go free Strider Kenley. Theor- yeah, like theoretically, he could, he could get you six, seven, eight, or Strider Mincer, something like yeah. that. But it's another weapon to use. Yeah. But here's the thing: is like, what if? And you, you can pitch him three times put, in a series. What as if you put to... Strider in the bullpen, say August first, 
you let him pitch through July, and then August 1st, you put him in the bullpen. And then August 25th, Chuck Morton goes to the I.L. Yeah. Or Freed's got to be skipped. Now, can you put Strider back on the bump and then move him back to the pin? It's like, I don't want to start bouncing him that yeah. off. I, if, I, if they make the move, I want him, them to make the move and stay there. So I think they have to at least get to the trade deadline. I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll ever struggle going from starter to bullpen. I think he might struggle going back to bullpen to starter. Correct? Like, yeah, that's not a death I, who sentence knows? to me because it's unprecedented with him. He doesn't yeah. have enough. There's not enough innings on his it's arm just, to know. I think back like those Dodgers, those Dodgers series. Whenever they bring out, uh, you're thinking about playoffs specifically. Yes. Though. Whenever they bring out like Gratterall, uh, what's his name? Gratterall, Bruce Dar Gratterall. Like just absolutely, ho- like it's like okay, how do we? We just got to get through this guy. Like the next two innings are over with. Like don't even worry about it. You know what I mean? Braves don't have anybody like that. Like no, even last Nutsack, year they did. Nutsack, Nutsack was that guy. Well, Nutsack was good. He wasn't that guy. Like I mean, he ended up being that guy, but he didn't give you that feeling. Like this is over with. Like book it. You know what I mean? Until yeah. like I guess the Braves didn't have that at all. No, like because I Luke was Jackson was so good last year, and you never felt that way. No. Guy almost had a sub two. We were I think com- he might have had. We a were sub complaining. Two. We were complaining about time? him up until like September, bro. And he was lights out. Yeah, the whole season. I it's never doubted him. Well, it's because he was just like real shaky in like the real big spots. You know what I mean? Like he would give up a homer. Well, and he just looks so soft, dude. Don't <laughs> I? You know that thing where he wipes the side <laughs> of his pants? Shit, he's so sweaty, dude. Like that hair just did not inspire yeah. confidence. I don't know, but um, maybe I'm maybe I'm off base. All right, uh, All-Stars, and then we'll move on. Dansby, Darno, Acuna, Freed, Contreras, Young Handsome Babe Ruth, probably one of the biggest National League snubs outside of Tommy Edmond. Yeah. But you can't take Riley over Arenado or Machado. I don't. You could, but like, you can't be mad at those two third baseman selections. I think they're a coin flip, especially with Machado. Fair, 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 fair. Like if... Riley went over Machado, I would have been a-okay with that, and I think most of baseball would have been, but then Machado would have been considered the biggest snub. Yeah. That's how close they are, but I think there's still a shot that Austin Riley gets in. Um, Kind of a shame that he hasn't been an all-star yet. You know what I mean? Either of these two seasons. Well, it's weird because the all-star game is like, you can look back at the end of the season and be like, man, that guy was an all-star? Yeah. Like, because he had a good first half. It's only half the season. Yeah. You know? It's tough. Also... Has Austin Riley been the Braves' best player thus far? Um, no, I think Dansby. Okay, is the clear MVP of the team right now. Okay, don't you think? I mean, Dansby had that really slow start, but yeah, but dude, he's like he was on fire. Yeah, Austin's got more home runs, and you know, I love Young Handsome now. Yeah, don't get me confused. I mean, you're not plugging Dansby into that third spot. No, I'll say that. But he's been nice in the two spot because yeah. Acuna has been. I don't know if we want to say it out loud. He hasn't been that great. No. And he looks late on a lot of mediocre well, fastballs. Well, he's been bad by his standards, but he's still been above average sure. starter. Sure, sure, sure. But, like, to think that, like, he still hasn't had that three-week stretch where he's hitting, like, 400. Yeah. that could That's around the corner at some point, I would think. Um, I thought it was interesting that Matt Olson did not make the All-Star team. Neither did Freddie Freeman. Maybe both those guys stink and, like, we shouldn't be – Having a parade for either one. <laughs> um, you want to talk lineup? No. Just kidding. I'm just I kidding. did want to say, you know Matt Olson's on pace to break the doubles record? Yeah. Like by a billion? Yeah. Yeah, I saw Crazy. that. Crazy. 
Um, all right. Well, nothing else from the Braves? I'm good on that, man. You want to talk British Open? Yeah, let's talk it briefly. Um, so, again, we're not going to keep referencing all that audio that we lost yesterday, but we already drafted our guys. Do you remember my guys? I have them written down. I always write oh, them down. Oh, shit. It's official as That's shit. why you don't write things down, dude. I can cross them out. Yeah, scribble them out real quick. All right. All of them? No, dude. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. Yeah. So am I. <laughs> I'm just playing. I wasn't going to actually do it. I, I only remember... I think I remember two of my picks, yeah. I, I remember my picks. You want to look them up while I tell people about John Carr? Yeah. Okay, cool. John Carr's the number one realtor in the world, a six-time major champion on the golf course, and also the best realtor in the city. John Carr, 912-228-0916. Call him if you're looking to buy real estate in the Savannah area or sell it, or if you just want to learn more about the market, You know, if, if you're thinking about doing one of those things, buying or selling in the near future, John can help you set up a timeline, and he can help get you on your way. So call him. Tell him we sent you, and he'll hook it up for you. 912-228-0916, three-time Realtor of the Month at Seaport Real Estate and a longtime sponsor for us here on the Hot Grits Podcast, 7505 Waters Avenue, also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or you can text call him uh, uh, to learn more about the real estate market, 912-228-0916. Zero nine one six. Um, while you're looking up your picks for for the British Open, a reminder that America won the Revolutionary War. Um, they won it in lopsided fashion. They won it going away. So this week, when NBC, when when the cock, when Peacock tells you that it's the Open, you don't say that. You're an American, and you can choose what you want to call it. And I choose to call it the British Open. Because that's what it is. They're not the only open in town anymore. Okay? It's not their thing. And then we have to call it the open. Like I said, I think at some point they're just going to call it the. It went from the. being it went from being the British Open to the Open Championship. Well, they're going to get sued by Ohio State if they do that. Oh, you know true. That? Yeah, yeah. And now it's just the open? Like, that's crazy to think that, like, we live in America where we have the U.S. Open. We don't call our shit the open. So they can't call their shit the open. Yeah. We won the war. You yeah. know? Tea party. Scoreboard. Scoreboard. Dude. Tiger's back. You think he'll win? Um, do I think? No. No. <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. Okay. I mean, but I don't think any one person will win. Like, if you asked me that for anyone, I would just say no. Um, okay. I have the odds pulled up in front of me. I remember who I picked now. Do you want to just... Tell the people who we picked instead of doing this draft format. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Okay. So for some reason you didn't take the you had the number one overall pick and you didn't take the overall favorite, which will never make sense to me. I went ahead and took Roy. Well, I'm gonna pick the guys I'm gonna root for. Oh, okay. Well I thought we were like we're we had a bet though. No, we don't have a bet. Oh, okay. What's your what do you th- I took Rory. What's the bet? What are you talking about? I don't know. We we had like a friendly wager or something. I I had I had Rory. Oh, no, I remember what it is. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Did you actually remember? Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to say uh, that I wasn't going to caddy for you. You were like, oh, yeah, whoever wins this British Open bet has to caddy for – the other person has to caddy for that person. Yeah. Out so of if, I won, if I won, it just cancels out, and then if you win. Are you ever going to caddy for me? Are you ever I will, do dude. It? I will. I will. Oh We're God. getting off track, man. I took Rory. 
You took speed. Correct? Yes. Yes. All right. I took uh, JT. JT. That's right. And then we each did a wild card. Who did you have? What was your other pick? My number two pick was Cam Smith. Okay. And then my number three pick was Sammy Burns. You took Louis Oosthuizen. Louis Oosthuizen. Yeah. Right. At thirty-five to one. Um, crazy thing about the British Open at St Andrews is that it's going to be weird times for the tee times. So it's they go off at, I think they start the broadcast on Thursday, or I guess Wednesday night. Yeah. At like one thirty a.m. But then also you'll have like, it'll go to like three p.m. That makes sense. Wait, they start it at what time? Our time, our local Eastern Standard Time. Okay. The coverage will begin around one thirty a.m. Whoa. I did not know that. Right. So. Well, I guess that makes sense. It's like twelve hours worth of shit. Well, they're five. It says they're five hours. Ahead. Could that be right? I think that's right. Anyways, but it's like different than any other major because there's a realistic shot that you can find out what the scores are, who's winning, who did what every single day Yeah. prior to even seeing any of it. And it's going to be nearly impossible not to see that kind of stuff, yeah. especially if it's a big name. They have a delayed broadcast too, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it'll be like sped up. It won't be like every single shot. Hmm. I'm going to be pulling for Tiger, man. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I uh, He is uh, – He's like it's at St. Andrews 66 too, right? to 1, I think. Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah, it's at the old course, St. Andrews. I think they even spell old with an E. They should just start Bullshit. having it there every time. Right? Like, yeah. I mean, it's time for that. Yes. I agree. Um, I think... Okay, here's the two times. Brian Harmon, your favorite golfer. 8.47 a.m. Let's see, Tiger. Do you think this is the number two major? Yes. It's more prestigious than the U.S. Open probably, right? I'll take it back. No. Like, not your favorite? No. I think the U.S. Open's the hardest to win. You think guys would rather win the U.S. Open? Yeah. I think so. I think it's different for the British Open when it's at a course like St. Andrews. That's true. Like, you would want to win it here, but then... That's I, why they need to have it there every time. Yeah, I agree. But where would you have the U.S. Open? Like, if you, I think Pebble Beach, maybe? Would be, like, the every single time? Yeah. I still can't find Tiger. Whatever. I don't know. I like it at Beth Page too. Beth Page Black? Yeah. It's cool when there's, like... Wingfoot. That, that's dope, too. Mm-hmm. They, they tend to have it in the same ones. Like, they just cycle yeah, over yeah. and over and over again. But yeah. it's supposed to be, like, hard as shit. Like, the U.S. Open is supposed to be really hard. That's what it's known for. The Open is not like that. Like, guys go low at the Open What's the, the number time. one you think of when you think of the British Open? Number one what? Like, the number one. Like, the Masters, the first thing I think of is, like, the green jacket, the the, the individual holes. Like, the. Yeah. It's not really, like, it's I think known of, for, like. I think of St. Andrews, honestly, when I, I think, think of, of like, Lynx Golf. Like, yeah. Playing, like, you hear Lynx Golf a thousand times. Yeah. Nobody truly knows what that is either. No. It's like slice base. I could, <laughs> I mean, I have a picture of it in my mind. It's like the wide open, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Jack Nichols is old ass walking across yeah. the bridge. He's I so guess. old. He's so old. 
I'm bummed Ricky Fowler didn't make it. Ricky Fowler's like off the tour. Bro, he's like he did not qualify for the British Open. That's crazy. There's one person that needs to go to the Live Golf tour and I like wouldn't judge them at all. It's Ricky Fowler. Like, bro, go get you a bag. Yeah, Slick would do good on the tour yeah. too. Yeah. On the L I V series, yeah. I think. Take the pressure off you for a little bit. Just make a, a quick fifty mil. You know what I mean? Then fifty come back. mil. They wipe their ass with fifty mil. I know, there, but bro. I mean, what? They're not going to give Ricky the same thing they give Bryson. They're not going to give him a hundred million dollar contract. Why would they? They don't care. Well, maybe they don't. They I don't gave. Know. Like, I think they gave Harris English. Harris English. Who the fuck? Like, who was Harris English? They gave him like <laughs> sixty million dollars. Yeah. Pat Reed cheats all the time. Yeah. And he got a, a whole bag. Yeah, but he's a top tour pro still. Like, he won Ricky's, the Masters. Yeah, Ricky's yeah. not in that in that stratosphere. Have you ever Pop played Lynx Golf? Or can we like? Is there real Lynx Golf in America anywhere? Maybe I don't know what a Lynx course is because I'm picturing like, it in my mind and like a Lynx. Yeah, course. you know. I don't know. This is brutal recording though. Like, why do you say that? I don't know. We're just like googling things. For yeah, the we, listener. Yeah, we need an intern. Anyway, we got a top four draft coming up. Yeah. Your pick first. We're doing um, worst golf holes in Savannah, and you can take worst however you mean, however you want, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm going to choose to make it, like, the holes that I hate playing, which essentially mean, like, the most difficult holes. Yeah. So, and so it's a perfect time for me to have 1-1 one, one overall because I know your least favorite holes. Yeah, but and are you going to do that? You're going to have to ask me, like, which hole's which. You're going to describe it, and then I'll tell you which yeah. hole because you play, like, the same course every time. Yeah. I, yeah, I pretty much always play Savannah Quarters. Yeah, you're a, private, you're a private club kind of guy. Yeah, so that yeah. way you can adjust your handicap as needed. Well, no. Also, it's one of the hardest mm. courses in Savannah. Like, how do you do when you play out there? Like, chill. I beat you last time. On net. I beat you last time. On net. That's how like, the game's okay, played, all Sean right, Herb. All right, all right. That's how the game's played, Sean Herb. Yeah, but that's when, how you, the game's played. when you say I beat you, it makes it sound like I beat you outright. And that's you're supposed to say I beat you on net. Well, I have a limited number of uh, all right. characters. 1-1, one, one, are you ready for me to go? Yeah. 1-1, one, one, I'm going hole 7 at Savannah Harbor, Big Duke. Um, Good pick. That was on my... Yeah, big really, really hard hole. I look forward to being able to play it again. They open back up in August. Um, are you going back over there? I'm not going to rejoin, no, but I reciprocal there anyway, so I can just go play whenever I want. Okay. Um, I love that course, dude. I love that course so much, and I hate that hole. Big hole Duke seven. is the worst it hole, sucks. bro. And even the hole before it is shitty. Yeah. That little par four. All right, uh, my first pick. Top four worst golf holes in Savannah. Um, I'm going to go... I'm going to go 17 at Bacon. It's a really good pick. Number 17 at Bacon is the par 3, uh, just before the par 5, 18th. And it is, I swear to God, last time I took driver off of it. 245 from the Blues. Par 3. Came up short, took a 5. Last time we were out there, I took a par there. You remember that? Yeah. Stuck we, it. We both pissed on our balls. Stuck it. On that hole. Yeah. But I, I so rarely par that hole. Yeah. I, I think I've parred Big Duke. I've probably played it. 40, 45 times? Yeah. And I, I can think of one par that I've really? had on Big Duke. And I can't ever remember a par on number 17 at Bacon. I was, whenever I was a member there, I birdied it one time. And well, see, so you remember like, that. Like, yeah, not a lot of pars either. Like, not a lot. And I, like, the one birdie I had is because I put it, like, literally two inches from the hole on my approach. It was a super lucky shot. Um, 
All right. Second round pick. You messed up here. See, so you should have gone this hole. You you even said it whenever I was talking about Big Duke. You should have gone hole six at Savannah Harbor. Uh, literally, okay. I literally hate it worse than Big Duke. I just knew that you would pick Big Duke. So hole six, it's this dog leg right. And then the green is completely guarded by Marsh. Mm-hmm. So if you miss long, you're in the water. If you miss short, you're potentially in the water. If you miss right, you're in the water. You if you lay one, yeah. up, if you lay up left and miss just a little long, you're in the marsh or you're yeah. in the woods. It's an impossibly hard hole. Even if you stick the green in yeah. regulation on that hole, it's a very difficult two putt. Oh yeah, the green. Well, the green's always shit. Yeah, the green's like always in terrible condition. It, and they, there are some greens in this city that, like, no matter how nice the course is, those greens will always be shit. Yeah, and I don't want to like, say them yet because I don't want to step on any picks here. But. Yeah, they just haven't figured out the irrigation there for whatever reason. Mm. Like, it just always dies. Uh, so that one, and a lot of times on that tee shot's not easy either, dude. That gets slept on. Like, if you miss just a little left, you're looking at like 180 out. Into that incredibly hard green. Which is a layup for your boy. Yeah, that is, like, a bogey is a good score on there yes. for, uh, like, even a pretty good golfer. So hole That six. could be up there for a future top four draft. Toughest two-hole stretch, back-to-back yeah. stretch. That's easily the toughest two-hole stretch. Six and seven at the yeah. Um Especially from the blacks, bro. The the back-back, good oh, night. Yeah. Good night. Uh, quickly, major difference between Lynx golf and Parkland Golf, the openness of the course. Links are wide open without trees lining fairways, so you can see from one fairway to another. Right. Also, lack of water hazards, rarely any water hazards. Many more bunkers. Often said the Lynx courses are far more difficult for golfers to play due to the rarity of the layout of those courses. Interesting. Number two pick for me, worst golf holes in Savannah. Give me number 12 at Crosswinds, right by I-95, the par 5. Giant green uh, with water all down the right. Uh, Three-shot hole and super, super difficult to par for me. So I'm going to go number 12, crosswinds for my number two pick. That's a good pick. Thank you. I I haven't played Wilmington Island Club. I think it's called Savannah Country Club now. I haven't played it all that much. But when I have played it, this hole sticks out in my mind. It's number five. Um. Have you played out there? Not in a while. Okay, so there's a tennis court to the left when you're teeing off. The clubhouse is facing your left. There's a tennis court right here, and then there's water, probably 240 yards out. Oh, it I know the whole It slopes down about. into the water, and then there's a tree on the right. Mm. It's incredibly hard, dude. Like if you if you lay up too short, the green is completely covered by bunkers. But if you pipe the drive there, you can hit it in. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I can't even touch driver. I can't even. Like think about driver. I can't. I really That's can't. Even, you're playing from the whites. No, okay. <laughs> you know damn well I'm not playing from the whites. <laughs> okay. But I can't even really touch my wood. Like I have to pretty much. Ha- I pretty much have to hit pause, 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 pause. Sus. I pretty much have to hit four iron, and then I'm looking at like two hundred out, dude. It's a brutal hole. So number so, five at Wilmington Island Club. Number five. Mm-hmm. Wilmington Island. All right, man. I have so many great picks left. I can't believe I'm gonna get this value in the third. Um. Give me, give me number four, Levita. Dog leg left, par five. You can only drive it like 210 yards if you hit it straight or otherwise you run out of fairway. And it's literally, it's so hard. You would have to duck hook it with a driver 
to make yeah. a draw around those trees. You know what yeah. the one I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, right? yeah. Number four, Libido. That's a par fives. I got good. Um, I got good diversity in mine. Yeah. Par three, two par fives. I don't. I don't think I'm gonna go with any. I I could potentially go hole three at Savannah Harbor. Don't do. You can't do that. But I can't. I can't do three holes from the same course. You could. You'll lose the draft. Yeah. You're gonna lose anyway though. Um, I also can't go Levita now because you just went Levita. There is a hole that I hate at Levita. Uh, you can go Levita if you want, bro. There are no rules to this. Hole seven at Levita, I hate. I'm just oh. always in those trees. Dude. Oh yeah, the tree of doom. Just always in those trees. Or the forest of doom. The forest of doom. Number seven, Levita. Hmm. Is that what you're going with? I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm oh, thinking. No, I'm thinking. I already wrote it down. I'm thinking. Shit. I had I had one more. I'm gonna go seven at Levita. That was that was like one of the main ones. I just wasn't prepared for you to take Levita yet. Seven there at Levita. That drive is so hard, dude. I mean, if if you hit a good tee shot, it's a really easy hole. But I just always yeah, you don't. You're screwed. I just always seem to end up in the trees right there, or like way left with a a hard shot in. Yeah, and you're coming off of number six, which is I think by far the hardest green on that course. Levita. Yeah. Um. You know what though? At Levita, I'm just thinking those are value picks because those are two holes. I almost took. You take number four and number or whatever it is, you know, because yeah. it plays as an 18 hole course. I almost took seven at Savannah Quarters, but I didn't want to do that to my own club right now. That that hole sucks too. Uh, seven at Quarters. Yeah. That really long par four bunker on the left. Oh All yeah, that, that, right by the uh, yeah. there's like water yeah. by the tee box. Like yeah, a water station. I mean, yeah, yeah, that one is a hard one. Waste bunker on the right. All right, Mister Irrelevant pick worst golf holes in Savannah. I'll go number six at Henderson. That's the long par four, little dog leg left uh, with some water down the left side, right before you get to the clubhouse and before you hit that par three. On the other side of the course, that's so hard to par. So that's two par three or two par fives, a par three and a par four. I can't believe you went two par fives, man. Yeah. The I've, one at Levita is tough, but you can, you can lay up, lay up. You know what I mean? And you're in pretty good shape. Honorable mentions, though, number 11 at Levita. When when it the second around. hole turns to a par five. Yeah. And you have to hit from the back corner and then go over the water on your no, second shot. No, it turns shot. to a par four. No, no, no. Oh, 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 Number oh, 11 oh, at oh, Levita. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Number 11. Really? You, you think that one's? You think that's a hard hole mm. as a par five? Your second shot's like one eighty over the water. Yeah, but you can stick it on the green in two. You know what I mean, true, I true. Uh, Levita is a tough course, man. It gets slept on. Oh yeah, because they think it's nine holes. They'll like a lot of people think it's easy. It's yeah, not. it's not. I've never broken eighty there. Like, I've never, I've never posted like a, my PR out there is like eighty two, something like really? that. Really? Yeah. I've I've shot a couple eighty five. Well, I don't play it that all that often, but I mean I have my fair share of hundos out there too. Yeah, for sure. I've had some blow up rounds there, notably with you. If I play against another person there, I collapse on number nine or eighteen every time. Every time, if I'm leaving, I just dude, I don't know how many times I've been even through five holes at Savannah Harbor and then run up on six seven and just yeah. been like, oh, six over, you know five it, over. You know it's coming too. Yeah, and you're in the back of the course like alone. Yeah. With your thoughts. <laughs> There's a lot of hard holes at the yeah. harbor. Uh, one more honorable mention, 18 Southbridge. Long par five that you, again, can't hit a driver straight too far because you'll go yeah. way past the fairway. You can't cut the corner. 
I had left. One, I had one. I like that one too. But I had one honorable mention from Crosswinds. It's uh, the shared green. I didn't know. I didn't pick it because I didn't know what hole it was. That's number nine and eighteen. Nine and eighteen. What's the one on the right? Nine. Nine. Fuck that hole, dude. Yeah, oh my that's God, a shitty that hole. Number two oh at Crosswinds God. is dumb too. It's. What, Down that hill, then over the water. Yeah, if you hit over, if you hit your approach shot over the green, that like comebacker where it like can roll into yes. the water is so brutal, dude. And that took me forever to you get. You do that a club sh- twirl and then it just yeah. comes right back in. <laughs> that, that shot like took me forever to get down. Like I remember when I was, I, I used to play out there when I was a kid, and that course just used to kick my ass. But all right, we are. That's a top four draft, by the way. We are back next week on Tuesday, right, Spinny? Yep. Recording on Monday, back for Tuesday. Storms pending. Tentatively, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how do they find you? Find me on Twitter, at SpencerMaddox underscore. Don't you dare forget that underscore trap. How do they find you? At Jadon Sports for me, at Podcast Grits for the show. The Hot Grits on Instagram. HotGritsPod at gmail.com uh, for questions, concerns, and Spencer criticisms. Right. Until episode 124, stay safe. Wash your hands, you filthy animals. Peace. Savannah's premier indoor baseball training facility 
SBPA is owned and operated by Ross Howard, and together with instructors who have played college and professional baseball, Ross and SBPA offer customized instruction year-round for baseball and softball players, full-length batting cages, pitching mounds, and a state-of-the-art technology to measure improvement are just a few of the highlights over at the Academy. Call Ross at 912-484-5282 and visit the Savannah Baseball Performance Academy on Facebook for programs, teams, camps, and more information about how to take advantage of this great venue. Savannah's only year-round indoor baseball facility, Ross Howard, our guy, give him a call, 912-484-5282. Commercial and residential electrical services that you can trust. Braddy Electric is Savannah's number one electrical services for commercial and residentials since 1970. It's family owned and family operated. Reach them today at 912-233-1561 or 1104 East 35th Street. Braddy Electric, that's two D's, B-R-A-D-D-Y. Five stars on Yelp, five stars on Google reviews, and Savannah's number one electrical servicer since 1970. Call them today, 912-233-1561.